1: welcome back to the lantern rouge cycling podcast for the last or podcast for the last real stage of the tour de france stage 20. this would have been uh you got to give credit to aso for the route design it was an unbelievably well designed stage i thought and we had actually wall to wall action 134 kilometers it's basically building upon the welter stage 20s stages of the last few years and just elongating the climbs, no flat just about in this stage, starting with a category two, 11.5 case, 5%. That's, can I do maths? Five points for Ciccone. <laughs> then there's another two Cat twos in quick succession after a valley, mm-hmm. after seven, 8% climbs, five and five again. And then another Cat three before the two longer climbs, the Petit Ballon and Col du Place de Vassel, where We're in the Alsace Lorraine region or the Vosges region near Germany, obviously in the east. 9.3Ks, 8.1%. Descent, no flat into the plots of Arsenal. 7.1Ks, 8.3%. And the plateau on that is about 6.5Ks, 7Ks long with a flat finish. So a hard stage, difficult to control. A lot of teams wanting to get in the break, Benji. But with GC over, the media mm. have been rewarded with <laughs> an outstanding story that sort of began on one of the transition stages. Can you lead us in, give us the background to this, the manager drama?
0: Yes, sir. We've had loads of managers in the past discussing other teams and discussing other managers. But I feel like this Tour de France has been a special one. Initially, we had Kofidis, their CEO, their manager, roasting yumbo Visma at the start of the tour. Once they had their first victory, they started basically saying, oh, Yumbo with all their... Mots and all their signs and so forth see we can win a stage two at lafay and so forth so a bit of a, a dig at jambo there but it has escalated it has escalated to hashtag beer gate. hashtag beer gate between madio the uh, manager of rupama fdg and plugger richard plugger manager of jumbo visma and i think it's probably a story that has a, a context behind the scenes that we publicly don't know 100 percent as in both of these managers are part of an association of teams and there's a bit of quarrels between those teams in that association internally. But publicly, the story started with some beer on the rest day, right?
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, Pluger was, I think he said, let me read it out. Um, yeah. Pluger said he saw Groupama FTJ riders drinking like two or, you know, half liter beers on the rest day. And there's Jumbo having no alcohol policy yet at Grand Tours, that's for staff as well. And Mario, yeah, he reacted very strongly to that and said, all right, uh, this is a translation, but you you get the essence. I've seen the same, this is the the essence. All right, stop. On every rest day, my riders and coaching staff get together for a bit of conviviality. The staff drink a beer, not necessarily the riders, but it might be. And even if they had, it wouldn't have been half a liter. I was at the table, there was Perrier, not Sam Pelley or Vichy so that's kind of, you know, a bit of a red That's flag. Sad. It's pathetic, small and pathetic. It's a disgrace. Oh, it goes on and on and on and on. Anyway, it says Pluga should shut up. So I can see both sides here. Mm-hmm. First of all, Matteo's got to defend his boys. Straight yep. up, got to defend his guys. And yep. yeah, Pluga didn't name FDJ, but the L'Equipe journalist connected the dots and has built this into the bonfire. So congrats to that guy. Um, Matteo's got to defend his guys now so uh, you know i understand it that being said i know for a fact that many teams including top teams guys are drinking multiple beers or alcohol during the race not even on rest days the night after stages and like guys trying to win the next day so that's just so people know it's actually this happens even though you know you might be you know, peaking for an event, an amateur event, you're like cold mm-hmm. turkey and take it all seriously. In the Grand Tours, there's guys drinking alcohol. Um, but yeah, I also get from Pluger that he's he's frustrated because Vasseur took a shot at him, and basically ever since Jonas won the TT, you know, there's been a lot of articles. Um, yeah, and being very critical of him and Oh Yumbo and Jonas.
0: Yeah, there there's been articles about suspicions and so forth, and that was where he responded to right. You're now drinking a beer as a Yumbo employee. Uh that is crazy. Contractor. Anyway, yeah, contractor. My bad. My bad. Correction. But um, I will say <laughs> when it comes to uh, where was I again? <laughs> are we talking about um
1: He should have just said we have a we 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 have a no alcohol policy, we do um Exactly trying to do you just just keep it about yourself. Um,
0: exactly. You shouldn't have mentioned other teams. I will say, however. He was trying to basically defend jumbo Visma in the initial conversation, right? Because he was going into why Jonas was able to get such a gap and so forth. He started talking about the aerodynamics in the time trial, the, the cornering and so forth. That an Australian, I think SBS showed like uh yeah. uh Garens or something was on was on screen showing like the differences between um Vingegaard's TT in the corners and Pogatra's TTs. He was trying to like Get all those things set up, the the paint on the bike that was scraped off to reduce the weight and so forth, the weight of the bike being under eight kilos and so forth, and all those arguments, I'm hundred percent fine with him sharing all those details to try and make, yeah, make his narrative, make his whatever you call it his side. And for me, it went wrong when he indeed started talking about other teams, and he probably shouldn't have done that, and he probably realizes by now he shouldn't have done that. but it's enjoyable. Yeah, but sometimes for us sometimes some you just get swirl. into fuck
1: you mode too. Yeah, that's true. You're like, <laughs> come on. I've seen guys, yeah, getting pissed every night. Yeah, And you're like, are you serious? Um, so I see both sides, and it's great. Listen, the GC fight was over. This was great yesterday. So I really enjoyed it. I wonder if Netflix, because both these teams are in Netflix next year, will touch on this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's just a spat. And there's also this goes back to the AI G C P, which is the uh, yeah. association of teams. There's internal feuding at the moment between Matteo and some of the French teams and Pluger, who I think is the president of it. And so there's a bit of history there as well. So yeah. just watch that space. You know who's been, and you know, this as you mentioned Benji, Lotto with Delacour and, and Vasseur, it's been, managers have been, you know, saying their piece. I, I actually, as I said, I actually quite like them saying what they think. Um, yeah. But you know who's been quite Lefebvre? Lefebvre, oh. he hasn't come out and said the guys are performing like shit uh, you know before the Asgren saved mate, the tour he's been quiet too busy selling his teammate <laughs> true true yeah he's like Bacala's like can you just be quiet while I'm trying to sh- while I'm trying to shop this <laughs> just don't say anything while I'm trying to shop every this every word thing.
0: Lefebvre says reduces the prize by a million
1: <laughs> yeah anyway oh. that was the drama we'll see if Pino, had, if, uh, we, we, won't, yeah, we won't spoil it, Um, but it was going to be a big day for FDJ and Pino. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think about that. But into the stage. uh, We knew it would be chaotic at the start. There's a lot of Destiny team time trial. Didn't go anywhere. Campanats, I don't know who will get super competitive. I think Alaphilippe might edge him because he's French. Um, But Campanats. I mean, Campanats got the recency bias. Alaphilippe was in a lot of breaks early. But yeah, between those two trek and uae this is curious first climb they both both just decided Mm -hmm. let's have no break go on this 13k 5 percent climb trek and uae swap off with trentin and Pedersen, and then Chicone gets the points and it's a shorter stage for uae to control i didn't expect that at all
0: i didn't really see that coming as well but i i kind of like the strategy for a bit temporarily i like it as in for trek i understand it they want to make sure that Chicone can get points at the top of this climb and try and secure the KOM jersey as soon as possible. So that's obvious. They were even controlling on the flat fully by themselves to keep the gap towards Arts manageable and so forth. So that's the why I see. And the consistency was okay on the climb still because they were still doing that. People were attacking. UAE was trying to close it down gradually. I feel like Marc Solaire isn't the best at this though. As in, he had some moments where he actually bridged to the breakway and then realized, ah oh, fuck, this is not how I'm supposed to do this, and then dropped back and started pacing the group again. So <laughs> it's like he realized halfway through how we should do it. <laughs> but anyway, they were able to control everything pretty well. Camponaz got caught again. The Bice who was in that initial break where he got caught at the foot already, and we had a out. Skelmosa, Peterson, well actually Peterson, Skelmosa, and then Chikone for the KOM points. Gall not going for this. So he said before the stage. That He's not going for KOM, he wants to secure a stop 10 position. Is that
1: stage maybe
0: too passive?
1: I think he had no chance. If you re- if I was advising him, I would have probably yep. agreed with that because he could, in theory, go for it, but realistically, I don't see him on a five yeah. percent climb on a 3k, seven percent climb out punching Chicone. And Ciccone's finish line is the last cat three, yeah. He doesn't he can crawl up the two cat ones goal can't do that. He could lose GC positions with a Goudou or a Guillaume Martin who were waiting in the wings or a Coos. So, I, I kind of un- actually understand it. Um, that he had a low probability of success and could actually backfire if you do a lot of anaerobic yeah. efforts early in the stage that other guys don't have to do. So, I get it. Um, and I also, I would like to nominate Pedersen for best domestique of the tour, almost. Ooh. Like, he's up there. he's up there for me. He was, he has been Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good in terms of, okay, Kus and Laporte, I think probably maybe more impactful on the race, I'll grant you. But I, I just want to shout out maybe, Pedersen.
0: Maybe the combination of Schelmos and Pedersen in one rider was a really good mistake because I feel yeah. like they both were so valuable. Schelmos, uh, his GC chances were gone in week one and he was able to transform into first breakaway options and then switch towards helping Chicone. And I agree, Trek really switched that around nicely and. I was hoping at that point that they would secure KOM because they were really the only ones properly going for it. And yeah, you, you mentioned it, Peterson, that last sprint he did pass Vingega to take points away from Vingegaard. That's That was strong as well while Ciccone secured that. But then we get over that climb. We get over the Ballon d'Alsace, and there's still attacks, as in Chicone and some other riders. Felipe I think, went on a bit of a, an attack on the downhill. But the action there was basically controlled by the peloton until we had a crash in the group a crash by two pretty important riders in this race. Carlos Rodriguez slids out and his face scrapes on the floor, basically. Yeah. I was really worried for a concussion because he jumped on his bike relatively quickly to the point that I don't think he got an imminent concussion test. And to be able to scrape your f- head on the floor, you usually have to hit your floor on head on the floor, not your floor on your head. But he came back, but another rider that was just behind him slid out as well, GC and that is the end of GC. Gus. he he tried to come back a few times. He fought the entire stage, but he was also his face was also kind of fucked, you know.
1: Yeah, he got he was really banged up. And Coos actually initially was in the group quicker than Rodriguez, and I couldn't I didn't see him banged up straight away because everyone was fo- focusing on Rodriguez. And then Coos seemed to be actually much more hurt, or maybe Rodriguez they were equally hurt and. So Rodriguez just, you know, he's trying to defend fourth and that's Ineos' top place on GC. And at the same time, the crash of Rodriguez has caused a split. And so Vingegaard has, there's basically a breakaway group caused by that crash. And Vingegaard's in there with Van Bala, with Trek, with Baguil, or or however you say it. And Jonas and he are not pulling. Yeah. And UAE are chasing frantically behind. And it's a big break. Pidcock's in it with a teammate.
0: Yeah, but I'm not surprised that they don't pull. As in, he's seven minutes ahead. I don't think they need to benefit from a situation like this anymore.
1: I think that, yeah, they didn't want to benefit from a crash. They don't know who else has crashed. Yeah. But then Barguil is like, if you're not going to pull, UAE are chasing doubly hard because you're in here. Can you, can you get out? And I don't I believe that either. I think, I yeah. think UAE were chasing that group, whether Jonas was in it or not, but Barguil didn't think that.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I think they were just chasing for the stage, and it was interesting, because UAE switched strategy at some point, it felt like, because when that group came back, they caught that group. Eventually, we did see UE respond in a different way. Instead of trying to control every breakaway, they suddenly tried to slip Solaire in a breakaway. That didn't really work out, and we still had a group that was actually formed ahead, and that group was the following. It was Bitcock, Chicone, Scalmose, Nylans, Bargill, and Von Hill. So Scalmose, Chicone once again to the order. Pretty strong breakaway. But then on the Col uh, de la Croix de I think that's it. Col de la Croix de Mona. Mona. Fuck. That was terrible. Anyway, I'm really sad. Bora attack. Team attack. Paulette smashes it. Then we've got in the wheel Haller, Jungels, mm. and Hindley. And there was an immediate gap on the likes of Bale, Vingega, and so forth. And then there were, like, seven riders maybe in that group, and then there was another gap on other riders, and do you think this was a reaction on Carlos Rodriguez's crash and maybe the weakness there, so. or do you think this was pre-planned?
1: It looked to me like reacting on the Rodriguez crash, because they weren't controlling the break I didn't see beforehand, so yeah. to me that's what it looked like. Uh, they got the order wrong, because Pollard actually basically dropped Harler, I think, uh, and then they didn't go anywhere and it stopped. So... Koos is gone. He's dropped at this point. His top 10 is, is, forget about it. Rodriguez is coming back. He does come back uh, and he looks okay for now, but, you know, not a great way, not a great way to start when you've got two of the most difficult climbs to come in the stage. I think, where could Hindley, Hindley was a long time behind Rodriguez though. Yeah. So
0: you well, know, full he, crack or all yeah, or Yeah, true, if
1: you've got to crack him early. Um, and this is what was weird, Benji, as you said. Break start to go again, and Soler's jumping in them now. And I'm thinking, because yep. Pogac- I saw Pogaccio shouting at the radio at the top of the first climb. I thought, mm-hmm. as Pagaccha told him, oh, I don't feel good, th- go in the break, you, Micah, Soler, and-, and everybody. But then that break got brought back, a new break forms, and suddenly, and who was in that break? It was basically Trek going for Chikone yeah, yeah. points, just mashing it with Chikone, Shkelmosa, Nalens again, Bargil, Van Hills. Pidcock, he was very good today. And bridging across was uh, oh, Mattawas, oh, oh. Pino, Uran, Izagira, Vemaka, Harper. So FTJ are getting. No, and, and they use Kung as a tug buddy, right? This was the. Yeah. Actually, they did good tactics to get Pino in the break today.
0: I agree. They really use the tug buddy system. I checked. It's actually an Urban Dictionary now. Like really? It is on there. Uh, tug buddy definition. And it's, it's really fun to see that because the definition on it is the following. I have to say it. Uh, a thick, strong friend to help you achieve victory. Example sentence, Rubio's stuck buddy Rojas was keeping the gap to Nizzolo in check while Hilly and McNulty winked at each other. <laughs> Whoever put that on there, absolute legend. But anyway, back to the race. We've got Pinot you know, trying to bridge to the group ahead and we're arriving at one of those like next climbs again. And I'm not sure if this was Grospierre, I think it was. And we see Pinot you know, basically launching from that group towards the front of the race. Some is also following on a bit of a gap there, but Maduaz was, was temporarily done with his work, called on to Harper and Sivolf, who was in that group, but Pinot was the first to bridge towards the front of the race. Chicconi, in the meanwhile, is fighting for the K1 points, crosses the line, takes the points, hands in the air, celebrating. I love that stuff. I bloody love that.
1: Pino lost the race here. And this oh. is, is actually, yeah, quite in... And it's kind of true to form in, in a way that he was incredibly strong today. Like, Pino was unbelievably strong. Sorry, just one well, of the kids ran to the backyard to get a soccer <laughs> ball. Um, <laughs> he's got Maduaz with him. Maduaz is a tank. We have a medium mountain rolling section. You do not want to get rid of Maduaz before Petit Ballon and or tire him out or attack him. And so the play was no surging. Everyone rolls through, including yep. Peacock and Bargill. And you you spend Madawaz. Madawaz takes double pulls on these 7% sections. You can save a lot. And he's pulling against Soler, who's tired, or Björk, who's tired. And then UAE, Groschartner might they might have to use him earlier. So he spent too much energy in this middle phase, Pino. Mm-hmm. And, um, or maybe even in the, in the later phase that we'll get to. But, you know, that's, that's cyclismo, no? That's, uh, <laughs> that's how it is, you know, riding on... Panache. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, behind you, you controlling. So obviously, Pogaccio feels good because they're aggressively controlling the break. And we get to the Petit Ballon. Yes. The, we get to the, and Chicone, as you say, is wrapped up, um, wrapped up KOM, which I was happy about, by the way. Finally. Finally, yep. a rider who's targeted
0: it Mate, wins it. Your prediction. You're, you're on fire with predictions. You predicted KOM for Chicone. You predicted the exact stage yesterday. Like, you predicted that three riders would get away on that hill, and that Mohoric would win the sprint of those three riders. I don't know. You've got, like, some kind of, like, magical aura around you in these last couple of days, or what's wrong?
1: Yeah, the podium. <laughs> and being strong.
0: <laughs> you had to mention the Yates podium as well, didn't you? <laughs> Dude,
1: the Yates podium. We'll get to that. I'll take my victory lap later. The 8th podium is what I'm most happy about. <laughs> How could you predict that the second on the queen stage of the Dauphiné could possibly podium the Tour de France? I know, <laughs> but anyway. Um, they get to Petit Ballon. Pinot goes crazy. Barguil gives him a lead out. I think they're friends. People said they're friends. I don't want to just assume that because they're French. For sure, Barguil was not chasing him. He sat in that wheel of Pidcock and Harper yeah. and did not take a pull.
0: I think so as well. And the interesting fact about Petit Ballon is that there are these French groups of Pinot fans, probably international groups of Pinot, Pinot fans, the Pinot Ultras and so forth. On the Petit Ballon, this is his home region. There was a, a section. It's called the Pinot Virage. There was actually. Uh, a location on Google Maps for where this event was going to be, where all the Pinot fans came together, all aligned by the road, four-row stick, five-row stick. This was truly beautiful to see. And the fact that Pinot starts shredding the group at the bottom of that climb, he knew those fans were there. He knew that this event was set up by Arthur Vichot, one of his main friends, ex-French champion, ex-Groupama rider. And I think... I kind of disagree with your move earlier, as in you said that Pinot's move might have lost him the race on the previous climb. What do you think about the fact that the fact that these fans were there hyped him up so much that he went too deep on this climb and that that might have lost him the race?
1: That too. Like, think about this conventionally. Yeah? You you have a cohesive breakaway of four strong riders, five strong riders. Mm Bargil, Harper, who I picked for the stage and has been very strong. Pitcock, who's strong. And a teammate, Madouaz. You have the second last climb and you have a very difficult last climb. You have the peloton at 1 minute 10. Option A. Work with the group the whole way. They work with you on the descent. Drop them if you're the best, which he was, Pino was the best, on the last climb. Option B. Attack at the base of the second last climb and do the entire 35k solo. And so went with option B. Um, And yeah, it was I was starting to believe because Groschartner was behind for UAE. He wasn't gaining on Pino. Pino was gaining on him. The gap went out to 130. Pidcock was on about 20 seconds, 25 seconds, with mm. Bargil always in his wheel, Harper yo-yoing. And Yumbo visma Kuz is gone. Jonas basically just has Kelderman with him. Yep. And he's their last guy to pull, so he's not offering him yet. Eventually, Kelderman does pull the last part of the uh, Petit Ballon. That takes the gap down to 115. So now I think he has Pinot blown his doors too early, hyped up by the crowd. And it was an amazing scene. Like, mm-hmm. that crowd was crazy. Uh, and he, the adrenaline must have been just pumping. Um, this is one of those through.
0: moments that the Netflix show will so hard try and milk because it's such a good moment. It's a moment like when Gilbert was on La Redoute for the last time, that was about 20% of how this felt for me. Because Pino was at the front of the race. He was at the front of the race with a possible chance of winning the stage. I didn't really 100% believe it was possible, but he was flying up that climb. And to be able to to do that at the front of the race with all these fans in his home region, that was, uh, I don't know what you call that. Like, we call that chicken skin. Like the the small, yes, that's completely different than chicken skin, but I'll take it.
1: Anyway, Pino (laughs) does a good descent. His descending seems to have improved. It's also roads he should be familiar with, but he does a good descent. Pidcock closes. It says the time gaps today were a little bit suspect. says he closes 10 seconds. Then it starts to go back out again. Then we see Pidcock getting dropped on the descent by Barge and Harper. And I don't know if that was because there was a lot of sprinting out of corners. It wasn't just a technique uh, descent. And then we get onto the final climb. And unfortunately for Pino, Kelderman's been smashing. The gap is down to 55 and UAE... They put Micah on the front, and Micah just starts to drill it. And I'm like, he's not going to make it because 7K is 8%. You've With you got to factor in that the GC guys can close 20 seconds in an attack. And so there's Micah and Yates still to lead out, and Micah's good. And so it wasn't looking good for Thibaut Pinot, unfortunately. And, the yeah, the big bad boys, UAE and Jumbo, were closing down on him. And so Micah does a lead out. I thought Yates would go. I thought he would go, but he was actually allowed completely to ride his own race today by UAE to defend against Rodriguez.
0: I don't necessarily mind that. I think it's a good idea for Yates to secure and defend this podium, but when it comes to Pogacar, he's only there for the stage at this point. It's too late to do anything about Vingo. He's seven minutes behind. He just wants the stage, so I think it's a fine decision, and I'm pretty sure you you think it's an okay decision as well that Yates gets his freedom here, and well, gacho were we're waiting for an attack, right? Because if he wants to win the stage, he needs to either attack, but or he needs to be able to make sure that the gap towards the front of the race is closed. And at that point, the only way you could do that was attacking, I would expect. He
1: actually surprised me, and he went, he went earlier than I thought. I, okay. thought they'd, I did think they'd use Yates just to start to, not, not to yeah. blow himself up, just to, just to do a little lead out and also test Rodriguez. Because with the Rodriguez crash, you can also adjust and be like, realistically... I thought there was 0.0% chance Rodriguez ever drops Yates on that final climb. No chance. Yeah. Um, Especially crash. after
0: the crash. Yeah, yeah. After
1: the crash, zero chance. But Pog goes early and it actually creates, and this is the, the other discussion point of the stage, a really interesting situation that is advantageous for UAE. And maybe we talk about it more in the off season and it is why maybe tongue in cheek a little bit, but why I was talking about co-leadership a lot on these sort of climbs, not after a 200K stage. Pog's thrown a huge dig in. Bang. Put Jonas on the limit. Not, not threshold on the limit, but he's put Jonas to the point where he can't just attack yeah. off that pace because Poggy's just done 40 seconds full sprinting. Jonas has to recover too. And so Jonas now has Yates coming back and it's a real tactical play for UA that plays out a bit later. Almost luckily for Jonas, goal comes through stronger than hindley stronger than simon felipe maybe initially stronger than adam jates goal i didn't expect this on this climb this is a 20-minute climb Yeah. after a short stage and he's motoring and and he basically just starts pacing
0: and to be clear at this point in the race it's logical that jonas finger doesn't ride with pogacar alone in that situation because he knows that if he relays with pogacar and if he relays. At that point, until the top of the climb, that he's gonna lose the sprint afterwards.
1: No, I think you he should. about
0: to stay. You think he should ride alone with Pogaccio at that point?
1: What? It, okay, so you let Yates come back. It's a, it's an easier climb yeah. overall. You lose the sprint hundred percent of the time.
0: It recovers Pogaccio anyway, but you need to attack him at some point. And I think if he re, if he keeps relaying, he might not be able to do that.
1: I think you're more likely to win mm-hmm. if you create a situation where you're relaying, and you make Poggy lead you out for a K in the sprint because Yates is way too far behind to wait. Yeah. And so and you've also made the climb overall harder. Yeah. And so now the climb becomes easier because you've done it l- less hard than you could do it. So I think of all the options for Jonas to win the stage for his win probability, mm-hmm. he kinda he got lucky that goal was there to set a decent enough pace, but goal, he's two and he's two minutes ten behind Hindley. And he so he's riding yeah. for his team car was saying, ride for the stage. And he, to me, looked like he started riding for GC. Um, and because he was just pacing. But yeah, I think Jonas should have ridden, to be honest. I, d- I definitely don't think, I don't see the point in just surpassing yeah. and riding next to goal and just looking at Poggy over and over and over. Because, like, if you don't really care about the stage, because you, d- and you don't have to, you've won the tour. That is what everyone wants to win. You've exactly. won a stage then the Contador is just, you just relay with Gull and, you know, you sit up, you literally sit up and let Poggy win the stage. I didn't really understand, surpassing, so easy climb, no attack, because he can throw in a dig, and if he gets dropped, so what?
0: Yeah, I've got two things. I fully agree that he should have attacked at some point on this climb, because, first of all, he's seven minutes ahead, like you said, so what's going to happen? He was just so paranoid about Pogachar dropping him, even though he's a decade ahead, he was riding like he was ten seconds ahead in GC, and that's just fucking boring. Like I won't, I won't lie. That was fucking boring. That's his decision, but I, I was hoping to see some more panache to say it in Pinot terms from Vingegaard today, and to see Gull on that level, I agree. I will say that in that scenario, at that point, it's always the likely scenario that Pogacar wins the stage. That is clear especially with Yates and so forth behind. But he just kept going with gulp pacing towards the top. And I was waiting like Vinga in the wheel for a long time, Pogacar in the wheel for a long time. And they just didn't attack anymore from Pogacar. I understand that because for the stage,
1: oh yeah, doesn't he need just to. needs to
0: sprint. Like he, you can't can criticize let Pogacar.
1: He can let them tow him the whole way, win the sprint. Yeah. He can let Adam Yates come back. And by the way, this is what happens behind. The Yates brothers cook up a, a devilish plan. And work over Rodriguez. So Adam Yates does a lead out with Simon Yates in his wheel. And then real hard pace. Simon Yates attacks. He lets it go. Even though Simon Yates is, you know, in theory, threatening his third. Not really. He's too far back. (laughs) But in theory. And then he um, waits for Rodriguez to pace. And then he attacks him and bridges across to his brother. And they relay across to Poggy. That was masterful. It was masterful yep. what they did. And now exactly. Pegacha now has his teammate coming back. Like on stage one. He can't lose. He, he can't lose. Because we're over the top of the climb. There were no further attacks. And it's, it's the perfect situation for Pegacha. And to be honest, at that point, you know, what, what really can Vingegaard do? Yeah. Um, well,
0: the only thing he can do is attack with 2k to go and hope that he gets separation. Or hope that Pogacar has a terrible sprint today.
1: Nah, lo- not after this the, sort of stage.
0: He's losing the stage 99% of the time at that point.
1: And listen, that's fine too. Um, yeah. And so that's what happens. Yates comes back. I thought there was going to be... I think Simon tried to attack, but Yates Yates marked him and then um, he did lead out and Jonas actually tried to jump Pogaccio early in the sprint like he did maybe on Juplan. Yeah. And um, yeah, Pogaccio wins the sprint easily. Wins the stage. He was very pumped about it. Who came second? Goal came second, much deserved. He also, like, Goal, you know, didn't have much of a chance to... <laughs> I didn't really know what Goal was doing, frankly. I actually... <laughs> we, we can talk about Jonas. That's real nitpicking. Um, Of course, for view neutral viewers, you want to see him throw haymakers at each other yeah, on the final climb exactly. until the end. So that's... The neutral fans want to see that.
0: Like, and Jonas has been very entertaining for the last, like, 19 days. Let's be honest about it, eh? He's been less attacking than Pogacar, but that's because of the situation of the race as well. On Tourmalet, Vingegaard was pretty fucking attacking. The day so before. He, he
1: attacked him 60k's out on Tourmalet. That's pretty aggressive. Exactly.
0: Uh, that's, pre- that's pretty panache. Just on this specific stage, I'm a, I'm a neutral viewer. I just want entertainment. And at that point, if I see a group of three where, where Vingegaard is just like not even really trying to win the stage, just paranoid about Pogacar, then I'm like, okay, I kind of want Gull or Pogaccia to win, but I agree with you that Gull at that point was also not making the wisest decisions, but I guess, I don't know, he was probably just happy to be there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, stage top three, back-to-back for age 2 r still good, and still good UCI points, so, you know, he still took some more time, finished strong, but yeah, of course... Of course, the players is to hope for chaos, go with the Simon Yates counter. But yeah, Pagacha wins the stage. Uh, Galt second, Vingergaard third, Simon Yates fourth. Yates, you know, he did the lead out lost seven seconds at the end, but obviously Rodriguez has dropped. Bargui and Pino were not too far behind with Bill Bilbao. They were on 33 seconds. Was Johansson in the break? Would he do that from the GC group? Johansson finished 50 seconds yep. down.
0: GC group. Yeah, he good. was with Rodriguez. He was really fucking good today. So yeah. I... UNOX you know, has loads of top 10s this race, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, 8 or 9. Maybe but ten. what do you
0: buy with it, though? If you're UNOX, are you happy about this Tour de France?
1: Um, I think they didn't... I think if Alexander Kristoff was being paid 150 grand, they yeah. would have ridden differently. Yeah. early Earlier on. I think so as well. Um, that's probably the only regret they might have. Uh, but overall, overall, pretty good. Uh, And listen, it's their first tour, like, it's tough to criticize them for, how many, have they ridden another Grand Tour?
0: Uh, Did they do the, I don't think so.
1: Didn't they do their first World Tour stage race last year in Catalonia?
0: Catalonia, you're right. And Dauphiné this year? So it's it's not
1: like, you know, it's tough to criticize them for making decisions in the car, the same, like a seasoned World Tour team that's done 25 Tour de France. I think overall very positive, but that's a really nice result from him. He finished with Micah and Hindley on 50 seconds. Rodriguez just behind him on 52. I'm looking to see anyone else. Guillaume Martel on 3.33. Somehow with that performance, still sneaks into the top 10 because Koos, unfortunately, really suffered. He finishes 20 minutes back today, completely falling out of the top 10 on GC. So here's the revised GC. Vingegaard wins the tour, 7.29 ahead of Pagacha, Yates, Adam, that is, on in third on 10.56. Simon, Moves up into fourth on twelve twenty three. Great Tour de France for the Yates brothers. Rodriguez, unfortunately, maybe from the crash, maybe not. Um, probably finishes on twelve fifty seven in fifth. I think that's where he finished in La Vuelta. I can't remember. Bilbao in sixth. And Hinley in seventh. Goal in eighth. Godou, ninth. Uh, Martin, tenth. Pino, 90 seconds out of the top 10, actually, because Martin didn't lose too much time. Garou crashed also on the Petit Ballon Descent, where yeah. Contador, not the same spot, but I think Contador crashed there, and he was clutching his quad. Side uh, note, yeah,
0: Contador crashed there, but let's be clear here, Vincenzo Nibali had already destroyed him on the cobble sections before then, so Maybe. let's not talk about, oh, what if Contador didn't crash, me, 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 na, 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 na. <laughs> Nibali secured it, and he won that Tour de France, <laughs> Wait, two seconds more? No, actually more now. Wait, ten seconds more? S- six seconds more? Than Vingegaard is winning this Tour de France? So, who is the real best GC rider of all time? Vincenzo Nivoli? Maybe not.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, sh- the shark got a little bit... M- he's He's got a lot more in his toolbox.
0: Yeah, but he got slaughtered in a lot he- of...
1: I don't think re- he got the watts, I'll be
0: honest. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Nibali's never ridden on the level that Finger is riding, yeah. but I'm a Nibali fanboy. Okay.
1: <laughs> it was curious to watch. This is what was funny. Gaudu wants the whole team around him, right? No, Demar and Madouaz has dropped out of the break and wasn't and was still riding in front of the peloton when Gudu had crashed and was potentially losing yeah. his top ten on GC. I was like, you want to drop hey, him back?
0: <laughs> one what? difference is Nibali would have attacked again today.
1: On the descent of Petit Vallon, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. no.
0: Yeah, maybe, but also in the last portion of the race. Because Nibali yeah. attacks too much for his own good.
1: I mean, Nibali <laughs> won Sanremo with a sort of finesse attack almost on the Poggio when, no when everyone was looking at each other. But yeah, yeah, but not he's about also Nibali. lost uh,
0: lo- Okay, sorry, not I had to bring Nibali guy. in the conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, shame for Coos. I think Pegachu was very, very happy, and UAE were very, very happy. What does this mean, Benji? What does this all mean? Pogaccia winning this stage. Like, his team were saying... He had one bad day in the Tour. Yeah, but I mean... He's
0: not sick. He Pogachar would not have won the Tour de France if he had no bad days either. Because Vingegaard was just better. Yeah. And you can say all you want, but Vingegaard is the best GC rider in the world, and Pogachar is, in my opinion, the best rider in the world. And that's hard to compare because... Just the versatility of Pogarcher when it comes to classic sense of fall makes him a better overall rider, but Vingo for me is the best GC rider, and that's two years in a row that he, that he basically... Well, that is team and him. Gotta give the team some credit as well. <laughs> that they kill UAE over the span of three weeks. As in, I don't believe the actions of Jumbo on the day itself. On the day itself were super decisive to how Pogarcher dropped. I think it's the fatigue that they build up over three weeks with continuous pacing with continuous working, and then knowing what parkour fit got the best as well, which is Courchevel. That deserves credit. And
1: patience. Like, and it's also risky hinging everything on one stage. And that also is not true um, because Jonas uh, attacked on, attacked on Marie Blanc. Like he attacked this. uh, There is a reason to think, listen. Did Jonas maybe ride a little bit defensively today? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, I but think, he's not I think, a
0: boring rider.
1: No, but I think today was a product of overconfidence on Coulteray, where he paced and paced and paced with Poggy in the wheel, and Poggy beat the shit out of him and took twenty-four seconds. And so I think
0: I just think, think, think it's a great
1: should. tour. And and, and yeah, it's, I agree. I also, but yeah, with Poggy. it's clear. Yeah, but it's clear to me that Poggy was in fine condition today. I just they yeah. need to fi- they need to figure out what happened. Yeah. on stage seventeen,
0: and I feel like UAE is not necessarily learning publicly from what we hear. It sounds like they're not learning from the last three years because I feel like in the three grand tours, it's always in a similar situation that that Pogacar tends to lose a lot of time and a small amount of uh, time. That sounds really weird to sentence. everybody.
1: Not just yep. to Jonas. He's getting exactly. dropped by G, by Godou, yep. by Jörg Zimmerman, put a minute into him. Yeah. i going to try sign that guy. Question,
0: um, while we're at it, because we might as well keep continuing this question. A lot of people in, in all the media are talking about Pogacar's influence of the Classic season on the Tour de France and so forth. I think writing Classics, writing them and being able to complete them and so forth, doesn't have a major impact on the Tour de France. I think crashing in them might have a pretty solid impact on the Tour de France, but I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome of this Tour de France if he didn't crash in LBL because Vingegaard rode at a level that I haven't seen before. And Gachar rode improved. at a fucking good level too.
1: Yeah. gacha's fresh watts were better than I've ever seen him do before. Yeah. Like Puy de Dome. He, he just, he dropped Jonas. Didn't like yeah. crack him, but and it wasn't even like a sprint either. He dropped him. He dropped him in the last five minutes, so he was it at a really nice good level.
0: That both show humanity during the Grand Tour, as in that they both had moments where they collapsed
1: and weakness. And yeah, yeah, yeah as you said, like, but I don't, th- I don't think Vingegaard ever collapsed. Um,
0: what is his weakness? Because like, I feel like he's got less than last year. That's for sure. And I feel like it's very difficult for UAE to be able to fight against them because in the mountains, in the pure queen mountain stages, the big ones.
1: Decision-making.
0: Decision-making?
1: And that's Ooh. why you need the two.
0: Ray's decision decision-making by himself, right?
1: That's why you need the two to create difficult situations. It's my view. Or a yeah. third guy. Or a Remco. Or a, someone else. A Pidcock, A Gegenhardt, Someone near enough to their level or at their level and then it's not just a because when he has the watts and he just looks at Pegacha and then creates a gap and he's like well I can just defend now cuz he's solid cuz he doesn't he didn't have the day like Pegacha did on mm-hmm. Lowe's or Marie Blanc yeah. Coltere, he lost that time cuz he, he was overly aggressive I think yeah, yeah. Yeah. but we'll do a full tour de france recap let us know what you think um but yeah re Pegacha I really don't think he should change anything maybe he doesn't do
0: the thing hey, is one thing. The, the thing is right Skip Canadian classic. Skip Lombardi. Do the fucking Vuelta, dude. Please, for me. I want it. I need you it. I
1: so won't be happy.
0: Inject it in my blood. I Imagine need to it, see him in you the so Velta. You
1: say Pog. You say Pog. Renko. <laughs> are you so Pog Roglic. versus
0: Jonas and Roglic. I want for them Jan- both in the Velta.
1: We don't know if Jonas will do the tour, uh, do the Vuelta or not. But Who I knows? want it. I mean, yeah, that would be great. Imagine that could be the. But yeah, I think there, as you said, if you do. San Remo, E3, Tour of Flanders. I'm still fleshly age. There is a good chance you will crash. There's like yep. a decent chance, and that eventually happened, unfortunately, because each crash on its own looks unlucky. How yep. did this happen? But if you do all these chaotic races, the probability is you will crash. Um, but that being said, I don't think he should change anything because he could have still won this Tour de France if Giannis had a terrible day, crashed or something, and he literally won, like every race he did before. I so I don't think you should change too much, frankly. Um,
0: One sentence. I want to bring up a sentence that I'm reading from Matthew in the chat saying Jonas is an incredible rider, but I think he would really struggle in any scenario where there is more than a single other contender for the race.
1: That's what I just said.
0: Yeah.
1: What happens you feel if... Like- if Remco's there and the GC gaps are close mm-hmm. and he attacks and they look yeah. at each other. I mean, that could go for any, anybody. Maybe Pagach is overly aggressive. We actually haven't seen Pogac. And listen, in reality, that very rarely happens. The Giro is actually the only time recently Well, the Giro that often happens. And we just saw that Almeida Thomas Roglic. Um, but in the end, usually two are stronger and they just work to get rid of the other guy. <laughs> like when G and Roglic were attacked.
0: Yeah. Okay. But tomorrow. It's
1: Remco, we need him next year. Uh, to yeah. tour.
0: Let's yeah, talk tomorrow. about tomorrow's stage. Are we We've doing got... a pod? Are we doing a pod? It's Champs Elysees. What well, we're doing? We will. Are we doing two pods? We will in... do
1: two pods. Women's. Yeah, by the way, make sure you. We will have wall to wall out coverage of the women's races, both on Lantern Rouge YouTube channel and also on LRCP. Um, World to wall to wall
0: From the start well, to the every end. Every stage. stage. No, or... we're not doing
1: a watch long. Oh. Every, every, every minute of coverage. I didn't do that for the men's. Um, but, yeah, that's early the women's race, so we'll do a separate live stream yep. straight after, and then we'll do a champs live stream. It usually finishes at, like, 9.15, horrendous, um, afterwards. But no cav there, so my anticipation significantly lower. Let's preview how many Ks, whatever. I think the break can win this year, Benji. I think this is the year. I think it is. Because... Look at all these teams. Okay, quick step for once. Don't have a sprinter. Yeah. Asgren can't feel the chain. Yeah. Lotto, they'll throw all their trucks at it. They got yeah. no sprinter. Bora, I mean, come on, Bora. Let's not go for Maus. Let's try and attack with Pollard and Maus. Pollard also is flying. EF. Uh, let's, let's just go for it. Put Albusin under pressure. This is the year.
0: And not only that... Do you reckon there's also a possibility for a late attack? I think Vanderpool's leadout might be too strong for that, for a really late attack. Because like, Asger, didn't Askir or Lampard do it last year or the year before? And almost, well, not almost, but he can't had remember. Some competition in there. Well, Vino did it, so maybe Jonas Federov can did do it. it.
1: <laughs> Jonas Rui always did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm in the Federov camp. Needs to be a Kazakh rider, otherwise will it's not be, allowed.
1: This happens every year. There will be attacks in the last hour of this stage yeah. from riders, and you'd be like, no way this guy's in the tour. No <laughs> way. Gone or something. Yeah, you'd be like, where the <laughs> fuck have you been? <laughs> that will happen.
0: Magnus Court. Uh, We've seen I him I saw him today.
1: I saw him yeah. today at the start and then gone. Yeah, yeah, Magnus Court. So I'm, who are you picking?
0: Are we going to go both brake riders? Uh, you can go for whatever rider you like. It
1: can be Philipson or it can be a brake
0: rider. I, I, I made my rule. Vino did it. And he made the rule that only Kazakh riders can win on the Champs Elysees. So Fedorov is winning this year. You're going
1: with Fedorov. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think.
0: I was going to is
1: it a good name, man. I'm going with Encorn. Ooh. I think Encorn will it. do it.
0: And I think he'll you, get slapped.
1: Yeah, probably. But <laughs> 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 it happens once a decade or two decades. But Encorn. If- yeah.
0: What if, surprise, everybody expect Alpsen to lead out? And then they go with Van Philipson Van Der Poel. jumps on Grunewagen's wheel and Van Der Poel launches a late attack.
1: That's the play. <laughs> <laughs> he might not have it, though.
0: We, we would be the kind of people that would be trolling tactics in the last Philipson stage of the Tour fronts France just to make it entertaining.
1: <laughs> I want the Netflix series. I want to see Rudolph on the bus tomorrow morning. I love it. In, I love seeing yeah. Rudolph talking to the guys
0: proposing to to rothoft and <laughs> you always say rudolph it's like the reindeer but...
1: yeah rudolph
0: <laughs> I, I want yeah, yeah to MVP, the, i'll but. do the conversation yeah uh jasper
1: has four stages come on can i go for i go for one i've been you know i try getting a break every day matthew jasper is the best chance get on the front behind jonas do the leader come on oh i agree but there's no but no but matthew you said you agree there we go boys <laughs> That was will so point. That's the other that's going to happen. And, and it's correct. He's correct.
0: Go for the, if you get Phillips into a sprint, he will win. Um, that was legendary. It's anyway. like Frison's impression of a It's like the and same. I a heart to again this year. <laughs> I made one attack yesterday.
1: I can't do it as well. Um, the Rudolph <laughs> one I've mastered. I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're out of control. Um, we'll see it's you with It's been a long tour, man. Go for it. Off. Fr- Go Fedorov, go Enkorn. We'll see you with the recap of champs Or oh, first, the uh, Twitter de France Femme Zwift stage tomorrow, and then the Champs-Élysées stage. But I hope you enjoyed it as always. See you with the recap tomorrow. Ciao.